This episode is sponsored by Efficient Business Solutions, your one-stop shop for technology. Can you feel this? Can you hear it? You know what it is? It's Derby Day, ladies and gentlemen, Tottenham versus West Ham. We are going to be breaking it down the way it should be broken down. What do you think Mourinho is going to do? What do you think Moyes is going to do? And what the result is going to be? We're going to be discussing some of the points that were brought up in the pregame interviews by both managers. We're going to laugh at some of them, and we're going to cry about some of them. So as we say, let's do this. London must be buzzing right now. West Ham versus Tottenham today at the new White Hart Lane. It's a really good game, honestly, and and I I wanted to really uh, break it down before the game uh, started, obviously. Uh, There will be a post-game, obviously, to talk about whether I'm going to be crying or whether I'm going to be buzzing with excitement and and, and happiness. Um, You have to understand that on paper, yes, Spurs are the better team, but... Spurs are Spurs. So they could surprise us. They could surprise us with a 4 5 nothing win. They could surprise us with a 2-1 loss. Um, who knows? You know what I mean? It depends on what happens. But here are the positives for Spurs. Mourinho has all his attacking options pretty much available for him. This is the first time that has happened ever since he took over. So there's one big positive there. The other interesting factoid that may only interest me is that I read somewhere and I did some digging and it appears to be true. And if somebody thinks otherwise or can prove me otherwise, please let me know. This is the first time that Jose Mourinho and David Moyes have faced each other in the league. It's it, it, it kind of baffles me that they've never faced each other in the league before. But this is, this is pretty interesting. And if that's the case, that's weird. Moyes has been managing for a while. And everybody knows Jose's history in the Premier League. Uh, but it's pretty funny that apparently this is the first time that they're meeting in the league. I, I do think that there are a lot of hurdles that are going to be uh, in West Ham's way to even get a point today. Uh, I'm, I'm going to break this down again based on what I see on paper. And I'm going to tell you that on paper, Spurs should be demolishing them. It shouldn't be even close. Not as bad as what happened to Burnley yesterday from Manchester City, but I think it should be damn close to that. You know, my, my brain tells me that this should be a 4-0 result uh, with ease. The big issue is teams like West Ham, uh, teams like... I hate to say it, Arsenal, teams sometimes like Crystal Palace, they do step up in London derbies. Um, So this is where, you know, you'll have a little bit of a break in what the norm might be. Now, 
that doesn't mean to say that you know Spurs are not going to control this game. Uh, it, you could have a 2-0 win, but Spurs are really controlling the game from the beginning to the end and missing shots that are should be open netters or hitting the post, which could equate really to a 4-0 result. The idea here for Spurs is they need to get the three points. There's no ifs, ends, or buts about it. If you're going to have any ambition to even play Europa at this point, you need the three points. On the other flip side, if you look at West Ham, West Ham's season has been not obviously what they wanted um they're in a relegation battle uh that is heating up i personally think that west ham is going to be the third team to go down i think that it starts with today i think that spurs are not the the team that they wanted to face in the moment right now you you know there are teams that you just want to avoid and i think that with a full spectrum of attacking options for Jose Mourinho David Moyes wasn't going to be really interested in this fixture but the fixture is there they can't run away from it and this may end up being a huge problem for West Ham over the next two three weeks so let's start with the breakdown of the teams let's start with David Moyes's um, comments we're going to focus on West Ham on our first part and then we'll end it up with Spurs So it was a tough loss for them, I think, against Wolves. I didn't think that they um, they anticipated that internally, but everybody who knows football even remotely well could have easily predicted that Wolves were going to win. Wolves are a very, very good team this year. I, I think that, you know, it, it, they're one of those hidden gems. They're kind of like a Sheffield where you, you don't know who's going to turn up, but Wolves have the ability to really hit you. And West Ham got hit, got hit hard. And, you know, the the culture there in West Ham now is a little bit toxic because they're all about, you know, I I read comments from fans saying at least, you know, at least the the, the players weren't booed off the field. Um, Caveat to that is that they probably booed him on TV because there was nobody in the stadium. But David Moyes is is in trouble here. I think that he did not anticipate that this team was going to be this bad when he took over the job. Um. You know, he he says things like, we've got lots of players who do really good things, but we need people who individually can do things, see things, and make the difference. A comment like that is, A, very generic, very, very media kind of dressed, and it doesn't really explain what he's thinking. He's basically grasping at straws at that point. He's like, we need people to do their job. Yeah, no, no kidding. You need people to do your job to do their job uh, because players, yes, players will play individually at this point, but you need to play as a team. Like he's focusing on the individuals and individuals coming up with, you know, magic moments in the game, and it's not going to work that way. You know, if you watch the the game against Wolves, they didn't seem like they were in it at all, and and you know they do have good players. There's no doubt about it, but the quality of of the team as a team just seems to be lacking. And this is the big issue here. I don't know how to fix West Ham. And and quite frankly, as a Spurs fan, I really don't care. But, you know, as a, as a, if, as a, as a podcast host, if you want, and trying to be impartial on this, I really don't know how to fix West Ham. West Ham are, are going to 
be in big, big trouble if they lose these three points. And and Spurs are not going to be a joke. It's it's something that you you kind of want to see happen. You want a team like West Ham to go down because you want them to feel the pain of mismanagement and misownership, right? Uh, you know, if you want to break down the players one by one, I mean, I could tell you that the only player that I respect on the West Ham team, even though I hate him, is um, uh, Mark Noble. Mark Noble is a workhorse. He's old. He's a West Ham through and through. And like I said, I'm not necessarily a fan of him personally because of the rivalry. But if, if half of the team showed the heart and the desire that Mark Noble shows day in and day out, it, it's, it, they may have different results. I mean, you, you look at the team right now, who else? Maybe Declan Rice. Declan Rice is a very, very good player. Uh, at West Ham, but he's a very, very good player for West Ham. Too good for West Ham. He has to go, right? And and honestly, they may have to sell him to balance the books, especially if they go down next year. Because the balloon payment is one year, but at that point, you don't know if you're coming back. The championship is not a guarantee. The championship, I think, for the most part, is harder to get out of than winning the Premier League. Because at least if you're, if, if, if you're in the Premier League, you can kind of pace yourself and, and and invest a lot of money just to get into the Premier League or just to win the Premier League, sorry. If you're in the championship and you invest a lot of money or even you use the balloon payment basically to, to kind of keep or prop up the players that you have to see if you can get a chance, you might not make it. Because the championship, I mean, for, for those who are not really privy to, to the championship and how it works in terms of promotion, the first two are automatically promoted. Three through six have to go through a playoff. So you could finish third and you could be on fire and not make it. And sometimes the difference between first and third is like three points, four points. So you could get yourself in a position if you're West Ham, if you go down and you don't start balancing your books, uh, you can get into major financial trouble. Um, I, I hate to see it, but I mean, look at Wigan, look at Portsmouth, look at, I mean, Leeds. Leeds took so long to get back. And, and they're, they're cracking it, but, but it took them so long because at that point, once you lose the money, it's really all you know, back to the drawing table, back to the farm system, back to you know, generating youth players with quality that you keep because you got to also understand you still have to balance your books even if you're in the championship. So if you have a player that is decent, you're, you're in a dilemma of do I keep the player or do I sell them because I need the money to continue to survive, especially with everything that's going on. I, I, don't, I don't think anybody has a magic wand to fix West Ham. West Ham needs a lot of fixing. They need more than magic. They need, they need time. They need long periods of extended semi-success. I mean, finish mid-table for a few years. Don't try to you know, go out of your way and sign amazing players because they're not going to come to West Ham. There is no reason that a player should go to West Ham unless they're going to offer you ridiculous amounts of money. But at that point, you're still playing for a team that is eh, maybe, maybe a relegation battle team. Who knows? I mean, I took a stab at trying to guess who their 11 could be today. 
and it wasn't it wasn't easy, right? I, I do think that obviously Fabianski is 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 going to be in net. Um, I could see Fredericks playing on the right, Declan Rice playing in the middle with Diop, uh, Cresswell on the left, maybe. Um, Mark Noble is going to be in the middle, obviously. I think he's going to be flanked with Anderson and Bowen on the other side. Um, I don't know who plays again uh, next to Noble. If they're going to play sort of like a 4-4-2, is it going to be uh, Socek? And I, I probably am butchering his name, uh, but but I, I don't know. You know, the midfield is so blank. And if you have Mark Noble as as your your most experienced, but the player that is going to make you move, then you're going to have problems. Um, I don't know who plays up top other than Antonio. I don't know who, who, who plays with him or who supports him. Is it going to be Fornells? Who knows? That's the problem right now with, with West Ham is that they have players. They have role players. They don't have key players. I mean, with the exception of Antonio. By the way, Antonio is a very, very good player. So it, it, I would, if I, if, if if I if, if I'm any any other team other than Spurs because I just don't think that he fits, I could look at Antonio and see if I can grab him. Especially if they're going to get relegated, I can grab him for very very cheap. Because again, if you think about it, West Ham if they get relegated are going to have to really start balancing their books. But what do they do? I mean, they don't have West Ham doesn't have that many options. Haller is hurt. Um. Who? Who else? Who else could play up front? So I really think that this is going to be a very, very uphill battle with um, for West Ham. Um, I think that David Moyes is uh, going to have a lot of issues trying to figure out how to break um, Tottenham's uh, backline. I think that if Manchester United had issues, I think um, West Ham is going to have even worse issues trying to break it up. And it's. I think this could be a slaughter fest. I, I really think that this could be a slaughter fest. I think this is not going to be close. I think that my prediction is 4-0 Spurs win. I do think that West Ham is going to struggle. So now that I've predicted that Spurs are going to win 4-0, let's start looking at the Tottenham Hotspurs. I, uh, I wish I could use like Eye of the Tiger here or something, but I think copyright infringement would kill me. So, being that um, we're not zillionaires yet, I'm gonna avoid that. But let's talk about um, let's talk about Spurs and how I expect them to really line up. So, I, I do think that there will be a little bit of change now that Deli Alley is back in the fold, right? I do uh, I do believe as a team as a whole they'll they'll look at the Manchester United result and they'll they'll definitely say that they could have taken more um publicly but inside i'm pretty damn sure that every single player on that squad was okay with the 1-1 everybody was just coming back it was one of those games where you didn't want to lose right because if you lost the three points especially to united that was probably going to be devastating and i think that a loss would have been devastating for both teams considering where they are um in the standings and what the ambitions are for the rest of the season so i do think that 
while both teams wanted to win, both teams probably left the field uh, after a 1-1 thinking that it wasn't that bad of a result. It was probably the second best result that they could wish for. It was probably the result that a lot of people thought it would be. Um, and to be fair for Spurs, I think that if the game would have went on with Manchester United a little bit longer, I would say another five or ten minutes, I th- I think that Manchester United looked like the team that was going to score from a likelihood perspective than Spurs. So 1-1, I think, was fair. But with that, I think there's going to be a little bit of tweaks that happen on the lineup uh, now that Deli Alley is back. So I do think that Hugo Lloris is going to start in net. I think that um, the back line is going to be more of a four. I think I think I think Jose is going to play with a four, two, three, one, kind of like what he kind of likes to do. I do think that Davis, Dyer, Sanchez, and Aurier are going to be back there. I think that Dyer has earned... Um, his spot back there. I think between him and Sanchez, they really played very well off of each other. I think in front of him, you're going to see Lachelso um, being introduced, and I think that he's going to be flanked with Sissoko. I think Sissoko also is um, is on par to really have a good finish to the season. I do think that the three on top of him are going to be Bergvine, Ali, and Son, uh, and then you have Kane on the front. Uh, if, if that is not a powerful lineup that spells goals, I don't know what will be from a Spurs perspective. That lineup basically has four or five goals in them. I would be shocked if it wasn't an easy win. Now, I could see this also coming out to be like a 2 nothing win or a 2-1 win, something like that. But I don't think that that result will speak on the behalf of the performance of the of the, of the match. I do think that Spurs are going to dominate the match for the most part. I do think that Spurs are going to create a lot of chances. I do sp- think that Spurs are going to be put in positions where they can score a lot of goals. I don't think that West Ham has a chance. And I I I'm being I'm being redundant here, but it normally when you go into a derby especially a London derby of some sort, you're you're starting to think that it could be a lot tighter than it is. And for the most part, it is. And this is kind of like, you know, the banana skin that, that Spurs could slip on because they've done that before. I mean, if there's a Spurs fan that's listening right now, I'm not really saying anything that's out of the ordinary or something that you've not witnessed in your lifetime. We are supposed to win games and we don't. And this has the potential to be something like that, but this also has the potential to be a route, and I think it's going to be the latter. I do think it's going to be a route. I think Ali now has something to prove. Delhi has been out. Delhi has been the subject of what I would think unfair treatment compared to what has happened with Ganduzi, for example. You can't choke a person and get away with it, and then somebody puts a stupid video up and then all of a sudden you punish him with a ban because you know you have to be this this message goes out to the FA here's the frustrating part and the frustrating part is not that Deli Alley was banned so Deli Alley did something stupid Deli Alley recognized that he did something stupid and Deli Alley apologized and he accepted his ban but you cannot as the FA be lenient with your rules when you want and be strict with your rules when you want You have to have some sort of consistency because what is to stop any player from grabbing any player's throat during a situation like what happened with Arsenal and um, and Brighton the other day with Ganduzi? What's to stop that? Because if I'm a player, I'm being very honest with you. As an ex-player, this is what would frustrate me and I would go out and I would grab somebody's throat and see what happens. 
just to instigate the, the conversation because it's not right. You cannot do that as the FA. So if somebody from the FA is listening, and I don't think it, it's going to happen, but you have to be consistent. The, the fans are not asking for you to not punish people when they do something wrong. The fans are asking for consistency. And not just the fans, by the way. The managers, the club owners, uh, the players themselves. It, it, you have to treat that situation like you treat little children. I have two boys. And here's the benefit that uh, of, of having rules. My boys do not necessarily agree with a lot of the rules that we have in the household but they know what the rules are and they know where the line is and they know that if they overstep the line there's going to be consequences and right now from the fa nobody knows what the rules are nobody knows where the lines are and it's going to end up being a free fall and i understand you want to complete the season i understand you want to get this over with but please a little bit of consistency goes a long way because right now the FA's credibility in making decisions based on situations that happen is in the toilet i just don't get it now if you want to go back uh and and let's discuss the lineup a little bit uh so Juan Foyth is out Tanganga obviously is out um Toby Alderweireld i think should have started but the problem is that i think Eric Dyer and um, Sanchez, uh, Davidson Sanchez have have given have given Mourinho a problem. I think that against United they played very very well, and uh, Jose Mourinho does not like to kind of change what works. I think that the the Tottenham defense got exposed once against Manchester United, and that resulted in the penalty. I don't think that. I don't think that they were exposed to a point where Jose Mourinho can sit back, look at the tape, and say, we're going to have to change things around. I do think that Toby Alderweireld um, is going to get his opportunity, uh, especially with the fact that the games are packed, um, and there's going to have to be some sort of rotation that happens over the next couple of weeks. So I think Toby Alderweireld is going to get his chance. I just don't think that this is going to be it. I think that the formula that works for Jose Mourinho is going to continue to work, uh, and any rotation is going to be based on fatigue. Um, I do think that having Sanchez also in the back is the smarter tactical play, uh, because of the speed of Antonio that he has to cover. And you're going to, Toby Alderweireld is not as fast as Sanchez in terms of recovery. Toby Alderweireld is a very, very, very solid situational defender. Uh, he's not more of a, a marking, uh, man to man and covering, uh, distance and speed defender. So Davidson Sanchez here. Uh, gets the nod for me, uh, in my opinion. I do think that uh, Lachelso is going to uh, come back because now he's fit. I know that there was a little bit of issue with his groin. I do think that Harry Winks played okay against United. I do think that now this is the opportunity for Lachelso to to come in and and fit in that rotation and see what happens. Because I, I do think that if uh, if he was fit against United, he would have played the ninety minutes, but. Obviously, he wasn't, and therefore he wasn't chosen. Um, Steve Bergvine is is a solid player, and I think that he's going to be the key to the game here. And not necessarily because he's he might score goals, but as a backline for West Ham, if you look at the lineup that's coming at you, where Kane, Deli Ali, Hyungman Sung and Bergevine are coming at you, you're going to have a problem on who to mark, especially when they're all fast. 
I mean, Kane is not the fastest, but he's fast. Deli Alley is fast. Bergvine is quick. And Sun is quick. Uh, so I do, I do believe that the back line for West Ham is going to have a really hard time containing these four players, considering also the fact that I do believe Mourinho is going to come out and he's going to see if he can get an early goal in the, in the first five minutes. And if he doesn't, he's going to sit back. And when he sits back, that's what's really going to expose West Ham for a number of reasons. A, they're not going to be able to break down uh, uh, the Tottenham defense. They're not going to be able to maneuver through the midfield. Um, and then they're they're absolutely not going to be able to handle the counter. They don't have the defense that handles the counter. Now the only thing that they could try to do is slow down the game. Um, and and this is the key part here for West Ham. If they could do it, then the, maybe they can make the abuse not as bad as I think it's going to be. Um, and this is uh, in the form of Mark Noble probably uh, picking up a yellow for about seven or eight fouls that, that slow down the game. Now, Declan Rice is going to play a very, very big role here in trying to cover Harry Kane, Dele Alley, Heung-Min Sung, and, um, and Steve Bergvine. Uh, the, he's going to have his hands full because he really does not have the support system around him that's going to allow him to say, you need to cover him. Now, again, you have to distribute your defenders uh, as you see fit, right? Because those are the people that you have on your team and those are the people that you're going to turn around and say, you need to cover this side and you need to cover this side. But y- you'll see that they're going to be overwhelmed. The West Ham back line is going to be overwhelmed. So I do believe that this is not going to be close. I do believe it's going to be 4 nothing at the least. I think it might be more. I think West Ham are in trouble and I think that they're going to be the third team to get relegated. I don't think that this is necessarily going to be a defining win for Spurs. I think it's going to be more of a needed win for Spurs. Um, if they beat Manchester United the other day, then I would have told you that that was the defining win. But West Ham is not the defining win. I think this is the expected win. I, I can't stress this enough. Spurs are expected to win this game. Spurs are very expected to win this game. So for nothing, we'll talk after the game. I appreciate you joining me. Come on, you Spurs, for nothing.